Everybody feeling good? It's a little cold outside this morning. Hey, a couple things that I need to uh, talk about. Uh, the first one that I want to talk about, you might have noticed some stuff getting set up outside. Today is our last family day of, of 2022. Can we make some noise for that? So listen, man, we've got food trucks. We've got the bounce houses. We've got, you know, face painting for all the kids. Uh, that's a picture of my daughter, by the way, looking like a unicorn. Uh, but, but listen, here, here's my challenge today. Don't just go outside and grab some food and stand in the corner. Hey, introduce yourself to somebody that you don't know. There's people in this room, you sit in front of them, behind them, or beside them every single week. And every week you're like, hey, what's, what's their name again? I don't, I don't, does anybody do that? Just me? I'm the only person that does that? Okay, thank you, Angie, for being honest. Uh, but introduce yourself to some individuals, and man, let's hang out, let's have fun. Uh, another quick announcement, we have our Christmas Eve service coming up this coming Saturday at 4 p.m. Can you believe that Saturday's Christmas Eve? That's weird. I, I feel like Christmas should be three weeks away, not, not seven days away. Uh, but we have our Christmas Eve service. We'll be in here at 4 p.m. Man, that's our candlelight and our communion service. We want you to come out and hang out with us. With that being said, we don't have a Christmas Day service because we're doing our Christmas Eve service. So we're asking you to spend time with your family at home, grab some hot chocolate, grab some coffee. We're going to email you. We're going to text you. Uh, we're going to send you a message for the day. Uh, it's a short 10-minute video that you guys will be able to enjoy at home. And to follow up with that, as a reminder, um, the following Sunday, January the 1st, it's going to be fully online. All right? Say fully online. Fully online. If you show up here, ain't nobody going to be here. All right? We're going to be hanging out. We're going to be relaxing at our house. So we call them our Sabbath Sundays. Uh, we're, we take off the last Sunday and the first Sunday of every year. And here's why. We want you to spend time with your family. And to be honest with you, I want to spend time with my family. If you haven't noticed, we're a set up and tear down church. And, and I just don't feel right asking somebody to get here at 6 o'clock in the morning on Christmas Day to set up some chairs. I want you to be able to hang out in your living room with your family. I don't know what type of traditions you have, but we have the pajamas, we have the slippers, and we open presents. So that's what we do. And we want you to be able to hang out with your family as well. So our next in-service, our in-person service will be January the 8th. All right, everybody say January 8th. If you show up here again, nobody is going to be here. I have to give a shout out to this. If you are a volunteer in the room and you came to our volunteer celebration, can you make some noise in the room? We had, listen, between adults and kids, we had a little over 100 individuals show up. And, and I, have, I have to give a shout out. I told them I would do this. I promised them I would do this. But, but table number five, table number five has bragging rights for the year. And if you're like, what do they get to brag about? Well, volunteer, come next year and you'll get to see. All right. I have uh, some more good news for us. Uh, we're, we're stepping in to week three of our Great Expectations series. And, and we're talking about joy this morning. And, and an, an announcement that I need to make a couple weeks back, three weeks ago, uh, we had our miracle offering and we said that we wanted to raise $200,000 so that we would be debt-free stepping in to 2023. Give you the quick story. We signed a three-year contract with Liberty Prep. Uh, it, we had to pay $200,000 up front to be able to stay in here for three years. A lot of money, right? It's a lot of money. Here, here's the thing, though. If we were to rent the same amount of square footage anywhere else, we would have paid about double that. So they actually gave us a deal for $200,000, and that's weird to say. Uh, but... As I stand here this morning, I have the honor and the privilege to announce that Multiply Lake Norman is officially debt-free. So we are, listen, God is, God is so good. 
but as of today, we are debt free. But, but what, what, does that, what does that really mean? What does that really mean even for our service today, for the sermon today? It's, it means that in 2023 that we get to do more ministry. It means that in 2023 that we get to reach more people. Not only were we able to pay off $200,000 uh, and partnering with, with Liberty Prep, but there's some other things that I need to announce that we did this year that, that some of you in the room might, just might not know about. And the first one is this. I don't know if you know this or not, but within our Multiply family, we support over 140 missionaries each and every month. That, that's 140 people that are across the globe making an impact for the kingdom. Oh, by the way, we gave, as a network, we gave away over a million dollars through our network's feeding program called Cornerfield Market. Uh, that's something you can clap about as well. I'm going to, like, y'all need to make some noise for this stuff, all right? We partnered and financially supported gate pregnancy, working with teens and young mothers who were considering abortions, but decided to bring life into the world. Uh, wh what does that mean? Now, all right, now, now this is where y'all really get to get loud, okay? Because what does that mean practically? Like, we can say stuff like that, but what, what, is, what does it really mean? That means 98 babies were born this year from mothers who were considering abortion. That, that's something to be joyful about. That's something to make some noise about. Also, with those mothers and with those individuals, there were 15 first-time professions of faith. Uh, through your support, we supported Priority One, who builds Bible schools and colleges across the globe. What did we take part in? As a church, we took part in build, building schools and Bible colleges in Portugal, Romania, Tanzania, Nepal, Ukraine, Ethiopia, India, Belarus, Cambodia, and the list goes on and on and on. Listen, another organization that we partner with every year is Convoy of Hope. Take a look at this video that they sent us a couple weeks ago. I just wanted to take a moment to personally say thank you for your amazing generosity. God has used your giving to empower a global movement of compassion, which has truly been remarkable. Thank you for your trust in Convoy. 2022 has been a miraculous year of hope. Because of our partnership with you, Convoy of Hope has reached more hurting people and brought them more hope than ever before. And that hope is measurable. Together with you this year, we have fed 465,000 children every school day in 30 different countries, empowered and equipped over 35,000 women and girls, trained 23,000 farmers in sustainable best practices, and responded to more than 65 disasters or humanitarian crisis worldwide. And together, we've served over 29 million people Together, we're bringing light to dark places and delivering hope to people who need it most. So on behalf of everyone at Convoy of Hope, every farmer trained, every woman and girl empowered, every disaster survivor, every child fed, we say thank you. Come on, Multiply, can we make some noise for that? Listen, that's what it means to practically be the church. I know Sam comes up here, Brian King comes up here, and we talk about offering, and we talk about the miracle offering, and, and all the dollars that are given, but it's important for us to pause and actually reflect on where those dollars are going, and how, how your support is impacting 
our local and global community. That's what it means to be the church. Last week, we had a, a donation come in. I got a phone call on Thursday. Hey, we have pallets of toys uh, that we need to give away. Do you think your church can help us give them away? I said, absolutely. So we, we took a truck over on a Thursday, had a pallet of toys uh, in the lobby last week, and families were able to take toys to their local community uh, to be able to give them to families in need. I got this text message uh, from Miss Pena, and she wrote this. Corey and I are grateful for the Christmas toys made available to give out. Since we own a healthcare business that is solely pediatric, we have numerous families with medically compromised children, and some of them were not financially stable. Having a few Christmas gifts to offer these kids is a blessing. And I just want to say thank you. Listen, as a pastor, I just want to say thank you as a church for truly stepping in to the community. I don't want to stand up here and preach about joy just from a biblical perspective. I have to ask the question, what does it mean for us to celebrate and extend great joy to our local and global communities? Like I said, we're stepping into week three of our Christmas series called Great Expectations. And, and if you've been here for the past couple of weeks or, or maybe you're new, maybe you need a little recap, I want to catch you up. We've been in 1 Peter chapter 1 starting in verse 3. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. If you drop down to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, it reads like this. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know. They wanted to know about it when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. What does this have to do with Christmas? Remember what I've said the past couple of weeks. Peter, when he was writing this letter, was looking back to the Old Testament prophets. But what were the Old Testament prophets looking at? They were looking forward to the coming of Christ. Remember in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it reads like this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Listen, that was written 700 years before the birth of Jesus. Week 1, we looked at the expectations of the three wise men, the expectations of the Jewish people, the expectations of the shepherds. And, and last week, we took a deeper dive into the story of the shepherds, regardless of what society and culture called them. Once they encountered Jesus, they glorified and praised him because of the peace he brought to their lives. So here we go. We're stepping in to week three. And as we continue to read through 1 Peter chapter 1, I want to take a look at verse 6 in the New Living Translation. And it reads like this. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Church, be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. If we continue with our theme and we continue reading in Luke chapter 2, again, I'll read starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. So we talked about their fear last week, but we have to continue reading in verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause what? Great joy for all people. Great joy for all people. Remember who the shepherds were. Remember how low they were in society. And an angel reveals himself to them and says, Hey, listen, in Bethlehem there's great joy because of this guy named Jesus. Great joy for all people. Not, not just the rich people. Not just the successful people. Not just the married people. Not just the single people. 
Not just the young people, not just the older generation, not just white people, not just black people, not just Republicans, not just Democrats. Jesus came for all people, for all people. Scripture tells us that we can have great joy in our lives, and that's why I want to stand up here and mention things like schools we're partnering with, mention things like church plants and stepping into the community. So I have to stand up here and mention things like the Gate Pregnancy Center and Convoy of Hope and Priority One because our goal as a church is to bring great joy to anyone and everyone we encounter. And too often as people, I talked about it a little bit last week, but too often as people, we like to air out our dirty laundry and air out everything that's wrong in our life, but we hoard our joy. When something good happens in our life, we're not quick to talk about that. But as soon as something bad happens in our life, we're quick to let everyone know. Oh, woe is me. We, we, we walk around as if we're Eeyore. Anybody watch Winnie the Pooh? Like we walk around as if we're Eeyore. Oh, woe is me. I guess nobody loves me. I guess everybody, my life is just the worst thing. Like, come on. Yeah, your life is going to be that way if you expect it to be that way. I can't talk about great expectations and not talk about the negative side. If you're expecting negative things and you're expecting negative outcomes, guess what? You're going to notice the negative things and the negative outcomes. But if you're expecting great joy, listen, if you're expecting God to show up in your life, I promise you, you will start to see God reveal himself to you. All right, I got to do something real quick. Matt, where are you? I promised him I would do this. That was my soapbox before I really got into the sermon. Matt, what's the score to the game? It's not 0-0. Zero, zero. Hey, I do have to give a shout. Some of y'all are like, what game's going on right now? Listen, there were people that were going to stay home and watch the World Cup, but they made, it, they made it to church today, all right? I told them, listen, come to church. You can, hold, you can have your phone to the side, but if I ask you what the score is during the game, it's 2-0. Oh, man, he told me. So, some people are like, I'm recording it. I don't want to know. Like, don't, don't tell us. That's not great joy. You don't bring joy in the room by telling people that somebody's losing. We're talking about great joy today. How, how do you and I truly find great joy in our life? How, how do we do it? I think there's three specific things that we see throughout Scripture. If you're taking notes, the first one is this. We have to recognize and deal with our fears. We talked about the shepherd's fears a little bit last week. I told you their story is like an onion that has to continually be peeled back. So I'm going to read verse 8, 9, and 10 again. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. They were terrified. I've mentioned their fear each of the past three weeks, but, but could you imagine it for a second? If there was a flash of light in the sky at night and you saw an angel reveal himself to you, how would you feel? We went through the Christmas movies last week and I told you that would probably be how my response would be. I would be a little confused. I would be a little uneasy. I wouldn't know what was going on. And scripture tells us that the shepherds were terrified. Last week we acknowledged their emotion and their reaction was fear. And again, we've learned that the shepherds were outcasts. Society says that they couldn't be brought into court as a witness. The, the biblical society said that they couldn't sell anything on the premise that others thought that the items were already stolen. 
But let's continue to peel back this onion. What were the shepherds really doing? Why were they in the field? What was their, what was their purpose as a whole? Well, their purpose was to be on guard. Their purpose was to protect the flock. Their purpose was to be aware of predators. Their purpose was to be aware of danger. And whatever it took, they were going to protect the flock. This past week, I had the opportunity to fly down to our church plant in Nicaragua to make sure they're ready to go for, for 2023. I, there's some stuff that I want to share, but it's not part of the sermon, so I'm not going to share it now. Come back in January, I promise you I'll share it. Uh, but some great things are, are going on in Nicaragua. Now, here's the deal. When, when I travel, I like to watch movies on the plane. All right, that's just me. You can judge me if you want to, but I like to watch movies and shows on the plane. Anybody else, when they travel, they just like getting on the plane, they download the movies. Okay, well, I downloaded this new TV series. Some of you are going to judge me about it, but I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that I watch it, all right? So I downloaded this series called 1883. Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, that's the most animated I've seen you in church ever. You're like in the belly, like, let's go! But, but I, started watching this, I started watching this TV show called 1883. And the reason I started watching it is because Tim McGraw and Faith Hill are like the main characters. And then you have Isabella May, who is absolutely phenomenal throughout the entire series. But, but the overarching story is this family who is making their way from Tennessee to the West Coast by way of the Oregon Trail. And they have to worry about all the elements. They have to worry about the weather. They have to worry about tornadoes. They have to worry about the snakes and other poisonous animals. They have to worry about bandits. And they have to worry about wolves. And they have to worry about this conflict between Native Americans. But they always have to be on guard. They always have to be on the lookout. What I recognized in, in watching 1883 and reading about the shepherds in Scripture is that their fear was real. The elements that they were facing was real. Listen, in 1883 or the show, the Oregon, the, the Oregon Trail was not kind or forgiving. And again, the more I mirror these two stories, the more I see the fear in which, in which each group faced. But, but this is what I've recognized. It all revolves around the fear of the unknown. Listen, if you take a look at the shepherds, why did they have fear? It was the fear of the unknown. They had never seen something hanging in the sky talking to them. In the show, the 1883, the individuals that are on the Oregon Trail, it's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of what's to come. It's the fear of what's on the other side of the horizon. What's out there? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm facing. And, and you and I in life, that's what we experience sometimes. We say we want to have great joy in our life, but, but man, fear starts to grip us and it starts to hold us back. And oftentimes it's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of what does tomorrow really bring? It's the fear of what is my life really going to pan out as? It's the fear of what's my marriage going to be like? It's the fear of how's my job going to play out? It's the fear of am I making the right decisions in my life? Did, did, did I move here on purpose or did I make a mistake? It's the fear of the unknown. But in order to experience true joy in your life, you have to face your fears head on. Sometimes our job to guard can be turned into a fear of loss. 
Sometimes when God shows up in our life, it doesn't look like what we thought it would look like. Remember the expectations from week one. Remember the wise men. Pastor Manny got up here and he, and he preached on the wise men and how they had to study for several hundred years to just get a glimpse of who Jesus was. And the wise men traveled into Bethlehem because of what they studied, but it wasn't what they thought it would be. Remember the expectations of the Jewish people. They wanted a savior, but they wanted someone to come in and overthrow the Roman government. Their expectations didn't match up with what they thought it would be. Remember the expectations of the shepherds. They had no idea what they were going to see. Again, flash of light in the sky, voice, hey, go to Bethlehem. They're like, all right, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll go, but they had, to, they had to overcome their fear in order to experience Jesus. For the Duttons in the 1883 show, their biggest joy, their joy of freedom, their joy of land, their joy of a future was on the other side of the fear, the fear of the Oregon Trail. Let me ask you this question this morning. What if your greatest joy in your life is right on the other side of your greatest fear? Listen, we all have fears. We all do. I, I stood up here a couple weeks ago and I told you, I said, man, one of the biggest fears in my life is that I wouldn't be a great husband or a great father. I didn't have a great example. But I do know this, on the other side of that fear is the greatest joy of my life. That I had the opportunity to be a dad. That I had the opportunity of being a husband. And if I allow that fear to weigh me down, that I'll never step into the fullness or the calling that God has placed on my life. The greatest call that God has placed on my life is to be a husband and a dad. Secondary, pastor. That'll take care of itself. But the greatest call that I have on my life is to be a husband and a father. And if I'm not careful, the fear of not becoming those things will weigh me down. I have to face that fear head on. What if the greatest joy in your life is on the other side of the greatest fear in your life? For the shepherds, their joy was on the other side of their initial fear when they encountered the angel. But I know this, that finding great joy in your life is always and only found in Jesus. If you're taking notes, write that down. Luke chapter 2, picking up in verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Listen, church, plain and simple, joy is not found in stuff. Plain and simple, joy is not found in circumstances. Joy is not found in a job title. Joy is not found in your bank account. True joy, sustainable joy, everlasting joy is always and only found in Jesus. There's no substitute to Jesus. Jesus isn't something you get to just add to your life. He is the center of your life. He's not just something that you can walk up to like a vending machine and go, oh, I need a little bit of, let me get a little bit of A7. It doesn't work that way. You either have him fully or you don't have him at all. It's only and always Jesus. Think about verse 11 if we break it down. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Think about this from the shepherd's point of view. As the angel is speaking these words today, put yourself in this scenario today, here and now, right, right here, right now. You're a shepherd, all right? Angel comes in today. Right here, right now, just down the road, in the town of David, 
Listen, just like the prophets foretold, just like the Old Testament talks about is the Messiah. Well, who is the Messiah? It's the promised deliverer of the Jewish people. The shepherds are hearing these words, but I think the same words ring true for us. And I could read it like this. Today, here and now, there is a Savior that though he was born 2,000 years ago, when he was crucified on the cross, it allowed my sins to be forgiven. Listen, this word sin gets tossed around a lot, but what does it really mean at its base level? Listen, sin is anything that separates us from God. Anything at all. But the beautiful thing is when Jesus came, he washed away all of our sin. Pastor, you don't know about me. Pastor, you don't know about my life. Pastor, I was an alcoholic. Guess what? You can be forgiven. Pastor, man, I, I spent some time in jail. You can be forgiven. Pastor, I was hooked on cocaine or heroin. Hey, guess what? You can be forgiven. Pastor, I cheated on my spouse. You can be forgiven. Pastor, my, my spouse and I used to physically fight. Hey, guess what? You can be forgiven. Pastor, I haven't been the best parent. Hey, you can be forgiven. Pastor, listen, I used to gossip and I still gossip way too much. Hey, guess what? Scripture says that you can be forgiven. Hear me. You don't just add Jesus to your life as a substitute. Again, he has to be at the center to experience true joy in your life, you have to put Jesus at the center of everything that you do. Remember, it's always and only Jesus. He loves you too much for you to stay in your sin. I want to give us a little uh, update if you haven't heard this before. Hopefully you've heard it before, but Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. He was crucified for my sins and for your sins. But let's unpack that story just a little bit. Back up just a couple days. I don't know if you remember this or not, but he was unjustly put on trial. I don't know if you remember this or not, but he was beaten so badly, he was barely recognizable. I don't know if you remember this or not, but there was a crown of thorns that was fashioned, and it was shoved onto his head so hard that the thorns embedded in his scalp. I don't know if you remember this or not, but he had to carry this cross down the Via Della Rosa or the way to death. I don't know if you remember this or not, but each hand was nailed to one side of the cross. I don't know if you remember this or not, but his feet were nailed to the bottom of that cross. I don't know if you remember this or not, but he was suspended in the air. As he was slowly dying, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I don't know if you remember this or not, but Scripture tells us that there was a spear that was shoved into his side until blood and water flowed. You say, Pastor, two things. I thought we were talking about Christmas. I didn't know we were talking about Easter. But, but this is what I've come to realize. It's absolutely about the birth of Jesus, but his birth had a purpose. And if we're not careful, we celebrate the action of his birth without celebrating the fulfillment of his purpose. And the second thing is this. You're sitting here going, Pastor, I thought we were talking about joy. <laughs> that didn't sound too joyful. But this is what I understand. We are and we find true joy when we understand that his birth had a purpose. We experience joy when we understand the fullness of the story. We can't just talk about his birth. 
It's important. It's just the beginning. It's not the fulfillment of the story. Oh, by the way, he was buried. Oh, by the way, he rose from the dead. Hey, can I remind you if nobody's told you before, he's coming back. That's why we can have true joy. Joy isn't just found in his birth. Joy is found in the purpose of his life. Joy is found in the fact that he's coming back. I can face anything that life throws at me. Why? Because I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven, regardless of what life throws at me. Well, we say it like this sometimes, come what may. Listen, come what may. I don't, I don't know what's going to go. I don't know what's going to happen in life. I don't know what's going to go on. I don't know what life is throwing at you right now. I don't know if you feel like you've been kicked in the teeth. Listen, maybe you're in the highest of highs. You're on top of the mountain. Life is good right now. Maybe you find yourself in the lowest of lows or anywhere in between. You can have joy, not just because of the birth of Jesus, but because he's coming back, because of what he did on the cross. You can face whatever life throws at you, finding great joy in your life. I've told you the first two points. The third one is this and the final one. It's pointless unless you pass it to others. Joy is absolutely pointless unless you pass it on to others. I don't know if you've experienced that or not. But you can be sitting in your house by yourself and you can kind of chuckle and laugh and then you turn to tell somebody the joke or show somebody the picture and and when nobody's there that joy immediately what do you do oh man you try to text somebody you try hey, I gotta tell I gotta tell you this story as soon as something good happens you want to call somebody you want to text somebody you want to share that joy joy isn't meant to be hoarded it's not meant to be held on to it's meant to share listen I love I love Christmas I love Christmas movies Anybody, anybody in the room, you want to admit that sometimes around Christmas season, you're the Scrooge. Somebody, no, I got to tell you this. Uh, we would live down in Florida, and I was working at, at a school down there, and, and we dressed up. Every year, we would dress up for, for Christmas, and I had like a little office party. And, and man, my, my, first, my first Christmas, I was like, I don't want to celebrate Christmas. Like, yeah, cool, like it's Christmas, but I'm down in, I'm down in Florida by, my, by myself. Somebody's about to explode. Man, I think that was her phone saying, go. (laughs) Y'all make sure she doesn't blow up out there for real. (laughs) No, but I remember my first Christmas party, and I'm going to show them. I dressed up like Scrooge. (laughs) I had like this big black trench coat thing, a little black top hat. I don't want to celebrate. But what happens? I get there, I get to the party, everybody else is having a good time. Guess what? I start having a good time. Why? Because joy is contagious. Y'all remember Scrooge going through his life and the ghosts of Christmas past and present and future? Scrooge never experienced true joy until the end of the movie when, when he started giving away everything. Joy is meant to be given away. Say, Zach, you've mentioned some of this stuff last week. Why, why are you saying it again? It's the same reason you got to ask your kids two and three times to clean their room. It's the same reason why you got to tell uh, the person that you work with a process or a procedure or how to open up an app every single day at work. It's because they don't get it the first time. And sometimes we don't get it the first time. 
Sometimes we have to continually be reminded. We can have great joy. But you got to overcome your fear. You have to remember that it's only and always Jesus. And you have to remember to pass it on. Listen, if you want to experience great joy in your life, then tell others about what God is doing in your life. Hey, can I let you know a little secret? It's okay to celebrate and to throw a party for what God has done, is doing, and will do in your life. It's okay to celebrate it. It's okay to talk about the good stuff. I'm convinced that people's lives will be changed if we start talking about the good stuff more. If we start talking about the joy of the Lord more. No more of this woe is me, Eeyore junk. Man, start celebrating the joy of the Lord in your life. That's why I mention stuff like, hey, we're debt free as a church. That's why I mention stuff like financially, we help build schools and colleges across the globe. That's why I mention stuff like Convoy of Hope. That we've planted a church in Nicaragua. Hey, that's why I mentioned stuff like we've had over 100 salvations in this church this year alone. That's why I mentioned stuff like we've had nearly 50 baptisms this year alone. Listen, that's why I mentioned that 98 literal babies were born that were going to be aborted because of what we've done as a church and because of the faithfulness of God. That's the type of joy that I want to celebrate. I'm not going to come up here and stand on this stage and, and just take you through scripture and, and try to give you a message and a high five on the way out. No, I want your life to literally change. And the way your life changes is if you start applying this stuff to your life. So all across this room, can we stand? Can we worship Jesus for who he is? And can we experience the great joy from the death and the resurrection? Hey, thanks for joining us today at Multiply Church. We can't wait to see you again next week, either in person or online, as we continue to love Jesus and change the world.